The COVID-19 pandemic has changed life for all of us. But even before this, we were already fighting an epidemic, the battle against chronic disease. And those with chronic diseases are at highest risk of contracting severe coronavirus infections. So how do we protect ourselves during these uncertain times? But more importantly, how do we view health? Welcome to the Glass Half Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jonar, a physician board certified in internal medicine and certified in lifestyle medicine. In this podcast, I want to address the current crisis of chronic disease and to challenge the conventional attitude towards health. We will be exploring these issues with thought-provoking guests to help redefine what health should mean for all of us. I hope to inspire you to take action towards a happier, thriving life because good health comes to those who expect it. What is up, everyone? I am your host, Dr. Jonar, and this is my podcast, The Glass Half Healthy. Thank you for coming back for the second half of Positive Change Begins From Within, episode 26, with my man, the plant-based addict, Adam Sud. So this intro is going to be really short, and if you haven't already listened to the first part, it's episode 25, please go back and take a listen to that first. As a recap to part one of two, Adam's journey is so extraordinary, and it shows the power of human resilience. So back in 2012, Adam's life was out of control. Weighing almost 350 pounds and struggling with multiple addictions and serious chronic diseases, he attempted suicide by drug overdose. He checked into rehab, and with the help of his parents and a plant-based diet, he began a journey that led to remarkable recovery. On last episode, we discussed his difficult challenge with addiction and recovery while facing a slew of chronic diseases, but was able to miraculously reverse all of his chronic diseases, get off all of his medications, and lose 180 pounds in the process. All of that happened within the span of one year. In this second part, we discussed differences between motivation and inspiration, the mindset of scarcity versus abundance when it comes to health, Adam's tips on starting plant-based nutrition, factors to consider when making the turnaround with your chronic illness, his take on the definition of addiction and how to first recognize you have a problem, the questions to ask yourself before starting the path towards recovery or plant-based nutrition, his keys to continued success through those processes, his work on the Infinity Study to investigate the effects of diet on addiction recovery and mental health, and his definition of health. So let's return to the pod with Adam Sud. What in your mind has allowed you to continue to motivate you to stay through this recovery process, would you say? That's a, you know, I, th- I think about that a lot because I think people get inspiration and motivation confused. So when people say, oh, I just need some motivation, where can I find motivation? What that person means is where can I be inspired? Because mm-hmm. inspiration comes from outside of yourself. Motivation is self-generated. Right. So, you know, if you want to be inspired, hey, read David Clark's book out there, A Story of Ultra Recovery. I, that's a phenomenal book. But if you're looking for motivation, your own motivation follows your own action. Motivation follows action. That's something from Rich Roll, Rich Roll. Who, <laughs> yeah. who you and I are both big fans of. Yeah is that you have to match your perception of self to the behaviors that you engage in. 
right? If you're deciding to start eating a plant-based diet, start eating foods that are healing and that feel good to you, start seeing yourself as that healthy person so that you're not in conflict with what you do, right? Start seeing how it allows you to move a little bit more than you did the day before, to feel less pain than you did the less be- the day before, and stop thinking about the traditional narrative of health. The traditional narrative of health says that less is the answer. Less junk food, less sedentary living, right? Less staying up late at night, less screen time, blah, 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 less, 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 less. The human brain, the human psyche hates the word less. We have spent 99% of our entire evolutionary experience trying to outcompete scarcity. The human psyche hates less. The answer to health is and always has been more. It's more healing foods, more water, more sunshine and purposeful and joyous movement, right? More restorative sleep and more meaningful connection to people and purpose that feels valuable and meaningful to you. Make sure that you attribute and connect these foods to the ability to show up for those things that give you that experience of being alive and notice how you feel when you engage in them. Let that motivate you for one more day because that's what it's all about. It's not about being plant-based for the rest of your life. It's Mm -hmm. being plant-based right now and noticing how it allows you to show up. If it feels good, keep doing it. If if you don't feel good, reevaluate how you're doing it, Mm -hmm. right? Put your faith and your trust that there's an incredible weight of knowledge out there and weight of evidence to support that eating more plants is always going to be beneficial, right? Mm -hmm. Put your faith in that and then watch how you feel. Your way of eating plant-based doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't have to look like Jonar's. It doesn't have to look like Esselstyn. It has to work perfectly for you. Figure it out and give yourself the time, the consistency, and the patience for it to reveal itself to you. I love that. And, you know, it made me think of Dean Ornish. So Dean Ornish is mm-hmm. big in the lifestyle medicine community. He wrote that book, Undo It. And, you know, he oftentimes says, you know, what you gain is so much more than what you give up. And like yeah. this whole idea of what you just said with, you know, less, you know, the human psyche hates less and it, it loves more. I mean, this is this is prime example of that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And how, how much vitality comes through plant nutrition, you know, and actually that's a good segue to my next question for you. So, you know, again, going back to my hospitalist work, we see a lot of chronic disease in the hospital, diabetes, mm-hmm. heart disease, et cetera. And I would say again, you know, you're one of the few out of the many out there that I, you know, I've taken care of in the hospital and then they end up right back for similar issues that stem from this disease. So, you know, to recap you, you were like 300 pounds overweight. You were able to reverse your diabetes, get off all your medications, and that even includes your psych medications within one year, right? Yes. And losing 180 pounds. And so what what would you say are like the keys that, you know, that separate you from those thousands of people out there and the millions of Americans out there that suffer from chronic disease? Like, and I know we've already talked about it, plant nutrition, like, what would you say to these people? You know, I think that there isn't going to be one answer to this. Right. Um, Community is huge. I am the most, I consider myself one of the most fortunate humans in the world. I have some of the greatest friends that I've ever had in my life that I don't, I don't know if there's better friends in the world and they all happen to be part of the plant-based movement. People like Robbie Barbero and Cyrus Kambata, Tara Kemp, 
um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's these people, we reinforce each other's, you know, passions. We cheer each other on, um, Dr. Laura Gouge, uh, people like Mel Pampanen, absolutely Mel. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but, um, these, these people, they, they, we reinforce each other's love for this lifestyle. We reinforce and reinvigorate each other's passion for what we want most in life. I used to believe, I really did. I used to believe like, oh, you got to figure it out on your own. Like you can do it on your own and then you find your people. And now I just call complete BS to that. Yeah. You got to find your people and then they help you do it. Right. You know, whether it's a community online, whether it's a, a, a group that you can meet with weekly, a potluck, whatever, find a community that says when they see you, they say, I know you. I believe you when you say you're, you're feeling like it's difficult because I've been there and this is what I did. I have the solution for you if you'd like to try this. Here's a solution. And then I've recommitted myself to what I wanted most in life every single day. I got up every single day and I practiced gratitude. I would say three things that I was grateful for every single day. And I would set intentions three times a day, morning, afternoon, and evening for how I wanted to show up. And then I made food a statement about reinforcing that intention. Food is an affirmation of how I want to move through the world. And when I don't know what to do, there's a great quote from uh, Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. He says that between stimulus and response, there is space. Within that space is our power to respond. Within our response lies our growth and our freedom. If you don't know which is the path to go, if you don't know whether to go this way or to go this way, you wait. You create the space between what is arising in you and how you respond to it. You wait until you say, all right, I'm going to hold that vision of what I want for myself front and center. I'm going to wait until I know which path takes me towards it and which one doesn't. And once that path is clear, whether it's comfortable or not, I choose that path. You want motivation? Put yourself in that space. Be willing to be comfortable being uncomfortable to take yourself down the path that leads to what you want most in your life. You will never be more motivated in the world. I'm telling you, that is that is it right there. Yeah, I, I love that quote. Absolutely love that quote. I mean, I think it's such a big difference between you know, mindlessly reacting and mindfully responding, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where that freedom comes into play. And Absolutely. You know, being able to wait, especially like you were just saying, like that gives you the choice and the freedom. That's where your power comes from. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And and so, you know, kind of just moving on, you know, I, I ended up interviewing this this psychiatrist who's an addiction specialist. And, you know, there's Dr. Justin Brewer who wrote Craving Mind and Andrew Huberman, Dr. Andrew mm -hmm. Huberman, he's a neuroscientist. They all have these different definitions of addiction. Like, how would you, in your own words, define addiction? Um, I really like the way Johan Hari defines it. Okay. Um, that at its core, addiction is about not wanting to be present in your life because your life has become too painful a place to be. Mm. That what we are doing is, I could take it like this, like, look at me 12 years ago, 10 years ago, when I was in the worst of it, okay? Mm -hmm. We, I talked earlier about those meaningful bonds in life. 
right? I had no meaningful bond with myself physically or emotionally that I wanted to show up and be present for. I had no meaningful bond with other people that I wanted to show up and be present for, or that I thought I was worthy of being present with. Mm-hmm. I had no purpose beyond myself that I wanted to show up and be present for. I didn't have a connection in the natural world and my future was incredibly scary and uncertain. And in that incredible amount of disconnection, it is a very painful place to be. When offered the opportunity to use substances, I took it and it felt incredibly successful. It offered me such relief that I, a relief like I'd never felt before. And with incredible ease, it gave it to me. When I'm that disconnected, when an individual comes to me after I use and says, hey, I can get you all you want, would you like more? I have a very high statistical likelihood of saying yes. Now look at me today. I have a meaningful connection with myself, both physically and emotionally, that I want to show up and be present for every day. I have a meaningful connection with people in my life that I share value with and that they share value with me that I want to show up and be present for. I have a connection to a purpose beyond myself within a community of shared respect that I want to show up and be present for. I have a connection to the natural world and a future that makes sense in a meaningful way that I want to show up and be present for. Now, in this state, if someone was to say, hey, I want you to do this drug, and I did it, I would have the same euphoric experience that I had back when, you know, 10 years ago. It would have the same. It's got all the same chemical hooks, all that stuff that create dependency. Mm -hmm. And that same individual comes to me and says, hey, guess what? I can get you all you want. Do you want to keep using? There's a much lower statistical likelihood that I'll say yes because I know that it will remove me from being able to show up and be present for those bonds in life that give me the experience of being alive in a meaningful way. When we start to look at addiction that way, then we can see that addiction is a reasonable response to an individual's lived experience. It is not a disease. It is not who and what they are. It is a response to pain that they do not understand. I love that. That's just so beautifully put. And, you know, I think also too, just kind of going on those lines, you know, addiction takes many forms and it runs the spectrum, you know, a lot of times in conventional, you know, the the general public's conception of what addiction means, it's like that alcoholic in the alleyway or drug, you know, drug addict on the street. But I mean, if, if you really define it loosely, it can it can basically capture so many different people out there. Oh, and, and not just drugs, you know, we, we've talked, uh, you know, about your own life, you know, food as well. Yeah. And, and so for, you know, our listeners out there that, you know, may be struggling, trying to stay away from certain foods or, you know, substances, what would you say are like the keys to recognizing that there is a problem? Because I think, you know, one of the biggest problems with with any anything that you're dealing with in life you know, it starts with awareness. So like, yeah. what, what would you say the keys are to just figuring out, okay, well, I, now I have a problem. So one of the things you can do, and one is I think obviously is to seek, just have a call with, with a professional and talk about it. But mm-hmm. for that individual who wants to consider something on their own is ask yourself, are you okay with letting it go? And if let the idea of letting it go creates an incredible amount of anxiety, fear, and uncertainty, that's a very good indication that you should talk to somebody professionally about whether or not what you're doing is serving you. Okay. Because it's about our attachment, our bond to a substance and why we hold on to it so desperately. 
rather than just the chemical hooks that create painful withdrawal symptoms because dependency is a biological adaptation to a chemical depend to the chemicals in the substance itself right mm -hmm. dependency is not addiction right mm -hmm. so we you know if somebody's on you know uh, an antidepressant for an extended period of time you, don't, you can't just take them off of it yeah you know, and very we're, dangerous we're not, that. we're not going to call that person an antidepressant addict. We're going to call that right. person dependent. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're also not, I don't want to say the same thing for somebody who like, for example, if heroin itself were itself addictive, every single person who has been in the hospital and had a major accident and been put on diamorphine should end up a heroin addict. That's what heroin is. Mm -hmm. Heroin is diamorphine. That's what the stuff is, but they don't. Because most people, this is actually coming from a TED talk by Johan Hari called Everything You Know About Addiction is Wrong. Most people have something incredibly meaningful waiting for them outside of the hospital that means more to them than the euphoric experience that they got from the, the relief of pain from right. the substance. Right. So it's about why we grab a hold of something so desperately, whether it's junk food, whether it's gambling, whether it's shopping, whether it's sex, whether it's a bag of smack. If the idea of saying no to it for an extended period of time causes you uncertainty, fear, and anxiety, talk to somebody. Okay. And, you know, I guess as a follow-up to that, for our listeners, you know, who are ready to give up, you know, smoking, alcohol, and just maybe even certain foods, you know, like meat, for example, a lot of people are addicted to processed foods and meats in our society. What would you say to them to successfully overcome, you know, that, that dependency? To one, this is not an all or nothing game. Okay. If you're a person who is casually, like, let's say you're just a person who eats a Western diet, you know, you eat meat and the idea of not eating meat makes you worried. Okay. That's not, you're not, I wouldn't say you're addicted to meat. I just, mm -hmm. it's, you don't, you, you don't know what it's like not to live with it. So right. that makes sense. Like one, let's identify why the concern exists. Then let's identify why it makes sense. Because then we can start to see that this isn't pathology. This isn't you being crazy. This isn't some like un overwhelming situation. This is a reasonable response to a decision that you're making with not a lot of knowledge on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, and then the third question you would ask yourself is, do I need to give it up all today? Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The all or nothing game can be a very, very unsuccessful route for a lot of people. What you can say to yourself is, how about I just eat entirely plants for breakfast for one week and then the next week i'll do entirely plants for breakfast and lunch and then the third week i'll do entirely breakfast lunch and dinner all plants and then i'll spend one week again doing all plants so that i try 30 days getting to an entirely plant-based diet and then i'll see the gradual shift in how i feel with every small increase in plant consumption and then you become aware of how empowering and how powerful and profound, just this small increase of plant consumption can be. Give yourself, look, we are not that fragile of creatures. We're incredibly resilient, right? The mm -hmm. idea that you have to make every, you have to change everything overnight is almost absurd. Mm -hmm. For some mm -hmm. individuals, it is necessary. There are people who are incredibly sick and it may benefit them to a greater degree to switch overnight. But for the average right. person walking around, this isn't a race. right? There's no fast pace. There's no slow pace. There's your pace. You're not competing with anybody. You don't have to meet a deadline. Right. You have to do it in a way that feels good to you, that's satisfying, that's repeatable, and that's easy. So let's do that.
let's let's take it slow. I think that's great advice. And, you know, again, going back to the Atomic Habits book, I mean, he talks about it in his book, James Clear, that, you know, he worked with with these people who wanted to incorporate exercise into their routines. Mm -hmm. And so he would recommend, you know, them just setting it up, making it easy for them, you know, have your your clothes laid out for your, your shoes right by the door. Right. But then also he'd only recommend them go to the gym for like three minutes. Yeah. And at first you're like, that's kind of absurd. Right. But that keeps it consistent. And you're like, okay, well, I, I've done three minutes. I think I'm ready to do five. And then five becomes 10. Then 10 becomes 60. Exactly. And then 60 becomes seven days a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and, like, this is like exactly, you know, along the same lines is, you know, increments helps because it, it provides those kind of mini successes for you to keep going. I think that that's such a great point because what you want to do is you want to create ease and repeatability, right? You want it to not just do it consistently. You want it to be really easy to do the healing thing. So like this idea that you have to go out and try every recipe is not really the goal. The goal is to show yourself that you're capable of eating plants consistently, not eating every recipe. I've been a martial artist for most of my life. And one of my favorite quotes comes from Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee says that I don't fear the man who practices a thousand kicks. I fear the man who practices one kick a thousand times. All right. right? You don't have to try all the thousands of recipes. You have to pick the few that you like and you just do them every day and make it easy as possible to do them every day, whether by batch cooking, prepping, putting the food out on the counter so it's not in the, you know, in the pantry everything you can to statistically increase your likelihood of doing the healing thing, do it, become aware of what makes it easier and then repeat that. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I couldn't put it any better. And, you know, we're, we're kind of running low on time, but I okay. wanted to get a couple more questions in before sure. we go. So I always ask all my guests this question, mm-hmm. how do you define health in your own words? And what does that mean for you? So, for me, it's more about how meaningfully alive we feel, right? Mm. So whether you look, I, I am a vegan uh, as well as eating a plant-based diet, but I also recognize that I would rather have a million people eating 90% plants than another thousand perfect vegans. Mm. So Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. say to you, find a way to eat healing foods in a way that feels good to you. Connect it to what mean to those meaningful connections in life, those meaningful bonds. Because I think that the, the the way I would define health is by the quote by Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell says people aren't so much looking for the meaning of life as much as they are the experience of being alive. Hmm. Health to me is about experiencing being alive in a meaningful way on a regular, consistent basis. However you facilitate that for yourself is always going to be the healthy choice, whether that looks like it's my way or not. How do you facilitate being alive in a way that feels good to you, that's meaningful, that connects you to people and purpose in the world around you in a way that is authentic and true to your values? If your food matches that worldview that you have for yourself, then you're living in a healthy way. I love that. I mean, I just that the way you put that, it makes so much sense. And and so before we go, I wanted to lift, you know, give you some time to tell us, you know, what you're working on specifically, you know, your work as a food addiction coach and your role in this infinite study that people might not know about. 
Yeah. So I work for Mastering Diabetes. I'm a diabetes and food addiction coach. Mastering Diabetes is an online coaching program that helps people reverse insulin resistance through the use of plant-based, low-fat, whole food nutrition, which we've talked about, you talk about all the time. And if Mm -hmm. you guys want, if you, for people who are listening, if you want to check it out, just go to masteringdiabetes.org and check out the program. The infinite study is my life's work at this point. So for our listeners, yeah. When I got out of treatment after one year of being in recovery, I noticed that I came into it the sickest I'd ever been, and I left the healthiest I'd ever been in my life. And I watched about 15 other guys that I was in 10 months of sober living with doing all the same therapy, all the same exercises, and yet they were on the same medications. They'd either gained weight or not really gotten much healthier. And I don't mean every one of them, but the majority of them, um, or they're on more medications. And I was the one person there eating a plant-based diet. And I said, this is really interesting. What does the research say? So I went to go see, and there has never been a single study ever done investigating the effects of nutrition of any kind on early addiction recovery outcomes. So I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create that knowledge base. And so the infinite study, and we call it the infinite study because it's being conducted at a treatment center in Austin, Texas called infinite recovery. It is the very first controlled trial investigating the effects of a nutrient dense diet on early addiction recovery outcomes. So it is a controlled trial, meaning half of the participants are on a plant-based diet. The other half are on the standard diet that's being served at the treatment center, which is, it's, it's a Western diet, but they have, it's a lot of fruits and vegetables. Actually, when we looked at it, we're like, wow, this, in all honesty, this is much better than 90% of what people are eating out there. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable because what we're doing is we're looking at how the two dietary protocols create changes in various blood biomarkers. And we have the data. To, we know the typical response we're going to see from that. We're also looking at how it changes their gut microbiome. So the changes in, the, in your gut health. And then we're looking at how both of those changes relate to changes in validated scales of measuring psychological, emotion, emotional, and, uh, and, uh, and mental health outcomes. Everything from resilience, self-compassion to anxiety, depression, and, uh, and mania and obsessed compulsive drug use. There's never been a single study like it. This is incredibly groundbreaking. In fact, when you typically do research, what you do is you go find the gold standard outcomes uh, that you're looking to investigate yourself. Like let's say you're doing a study on plant-based nutrition and bone density. What you would do is you would go find the research that's the gold standard of plant-based nutrition on bone density, and then you would judge your results against that one. Well, there is no research for what we're investigating, so we are going to set the gold standard. Uh, we've been running it for 12 months. The doctors on the study are, as we mentioned them earlier, Drs. Dean and Aisha Sherzai, who are the world's leading neuroscientists on cognitive longevity. The lead investigator is a woman named Tara Kemp, who I mentioned earlier. She's mm-hmm. one of my best friends in the world, and I'm just so grateful to have her leading, leading the study. And then Dr. Frank Cusimano, who is a microbiome PhD uh, in Arizona. And I can't give you specific numbers right now. Sure, uh, of course. But what I can tell you is that what we're finding is that individuals who eat more plants do better in every single measurable outcome. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah. So we're we're very excited about it. Yeah. You know, that's such awesome work that you're doing. And 
really, you know, you can say the first patient to do it is you. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Roll actually did it before me. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's throw Rich in there too. <laughs> All right, man, we got to wrap this up. I, you know, I'm out of words to describe this whole experience in meeting you. I mean, I, oh, man. I've, I've known, you know, your work for such a long time to actually have you on the show is I'm just in shock. <laughs> oh man, it's my pleasure. But, but like, you know, I, one of one of the greatest quotes I I always think back to is this quote of your your life is a gift you're given and what you do in this life is the gift you give in return. Oh, I love that. I think that you are a prime example of that, my man. Oh, and, wow. And the work you do, just the energy you put out there, I think that so many people have and will continue to benefit from your positive message and the work you do. Oh, I'm, I'm just honored by your words. Very, very much so. Um, I mean it though, you know, yeah. and I, I've been on this journey for a while and, you know, I, you know, I want to impart like, you know, props to Rich because I wouldn't have known about you if I didn't listen to his podcast. I wouldn't yeah. be plant-based myself if I didn't listen to, you know, Dean Ornish's book and like do the whole lifestyle medicine certification and do this podcast. I mean, this podcast was, you know, in my mind for such a long time, listening to like inspiring people like you and, and Rich. So I, I also want to thank you so much for being inspiration in my whole process. And, you know, I hope to have you back again on the show. This absolutely ha has just been tremendous. So any last words for our listeners? Yes. So since tomorrow is David Clark's birthday, um, I want to leave everybody with a bit of David. One of the things he used to say is, we've all know, heard people say that if you want to be happy, live like it's the last day of your life. We've all heard that. And he said that the real answer to being happy isn't living like it's the last day of your life. It's treating everyone else as if they were living the last day of theirs. Oh, I love that. Right? That really hits home, man. It does. Thank you, thank you so much for being here. It's just been such a pleasure to talk to you and we'll talk soon, okay, my man? All right, man. We'll see you. All right. See ya. So, what an amazing story, huh? I love Adam. Just so much compassion for himself and others. I hope our talk helped to inspire you further along your health journey. Please let Adam and me know how this one was for you on our social platforms, which you can find the links to in our show notes. And I'm always interested in improving this show. So email me at drjonar at gmail.com if you have any questions on topics you want to hear or how we can make this show better or to just let us know how a specific episode or a guest helped inspire you. We look forward to hearing from you. Really thankful to Adam for being on the show. And as always, I am so thankful for you tuning in. So if you like what you heard, please subscribe, like, and review my podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and share it with your family, friends, and online because sharing is caring. Thanks again to the wonderful and smart Amelia Liu, my intern to Jacob Ferrer for production help and to Stock Sounds for the music. And lastly, to you. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. But in the meantime, remember your state of health starts with your state of mind. So till next time, enjoy the process, my friends.
This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice, so please talk to your primary physician for that. In addition, the views and opinions expressed by me are my own and not that of my former, current, or future employer. This also applies to my guests. Finally, we do our best to make every effort to relay correct information. We do not guarantee its accuracy. Thank you for listening.